0: 630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every
1: week we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad, here's Morley Scott.
2: Hey, happy Tuesday evening to you all. Uh, Morley Scott here with The Elks This Week. Uh, Got a couple more left because there's only a couple of games left. Uh, This season for the Edmonton Elks now that they've officially been eliminated from the playoffs that comes thanks to a 48 11 loss in Winnipeg on Saturday night a loss where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers dominated touchdowns on their first four possessions of the game after the second one they really never looked back or in complete control of the football game the Elks though. Give them credit, back at practice today, trying to begin preparation for the final two games of the regular season. The final two games they will play in 2022. It'll be against Toronto on Saturday and then against the BC Lions on Friday the 21st. The Elks will then take the bye week for the final week of the regular season. But uh, unlike most bye weeks, they won't return to the field. When it's over, they will indeed miss the the playoffs the are 4 and 12 not at all where anyone wanted or expected to be at this stage of the season first season of course under head coach and general manager Chris Jones since his return to the organization uh, he met with the media today after practice and talked about where they are right now and more importantly where they want to go
1: we're disappointed about where we are we fully expected to be not only in the playoffs but but playing well in the playoffs and unfortunately we we, we are where we are we got work to do the one thing that uh, I can assure you is that we've already started that work Uh, this is the first day of the uh, of the new future and so we're not gonna sit there and mull on the negative and because that doesn't do anything but you know (laughs) sitting around there rolling around in the mud don't help you you know so that's my opinion on it and I told the staff that we're gonna sit there we're gonna work um, and and that's what we intend to do. And so, they came out and they practiced hard today. In this next little while is this an opportunity for you to like the guys that you're maybe not too certain of measure their professionalism and their passion? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt this is all an evaluation period, you know, from myself down to, you know, the guy that plays the least amount of plays. I mean, we're all being evaluated. And again, we've got two opportunities to play. And when you go to the playoffs, you have to win normally at least two games. You know, if you win the division, you got to win two games back to back and you got to learn to play at home. And so those two things, we got two games left and both of them are here on this field right here. This is a situation you haven't been in a lot in your career. I think
2: Saskatchewan, your Life. first year, you had a, you had a tough season. Uh, tell me about that year and what you remember from it and what that can do to help you this year, and, and how are you handling what's been a really tough
1: season? Well, you know, thinking about 16 makes me want to throw up, and then not being in the playoffs and watching that, you know, attempting to watch that game yesterday, you know, uh, <laughs> couldn't even hardly watch it, you know. I mean, it's because uh, I, I know how damn hard that, that these guys have worked and I know how hard staffs worked and I know all the sacrifices that these guys have made and I know what it means to them. And yes, we've, we've all, there's not to a man, you know, we've underachieved. and uh, But again, we're not going to sit there and just dwell on a negative. We're going to figure out, you know, how we can get this organization. Uh, that's a very proud organization back to where it needs to be and that's playing great football. And we intend we in to do it. We're gonna, We're here to do a job. There you
2: go. That's head coach and general manager. Chris Jones today already turning the page on what has been a, a let's say face of disastrous 2022. No one thought the Elks would be not only four and 12 at this stage, but giving up the points they're giving up and playing the way they're playing at times. You know, we, we saw, I think, a bit of a bright light over the last probably 6 weeks but in the last couple of weeks that's kind of taken a downturn and a step back in the in the loss at home to Montreal and then of course Saturday night in Winnipeg was just not any kind of performance you want to see from your football club and the result showed it 48 to 11 for the Bombers news of the day today from practice uh, no Kevin Brown uh, the running back is out with a back injury Jones though did say he should be good to go and hopefully will be in the lineup on Saturday. It looks like they expect him to be at practice tomorrow. Also injured on Saturday night in Winnipeg, linebacker Toby Antigua, D-lineman Jamin Pelley, defensive back Jeron Carter. They all sat out today's practice. So. Looks like, once again, we'll have some new faces in the lineup for the game on Saturday night as the Elks will increase their list of players who have played at least one game uh, this year higher than absolutely anybody in the Canadian football league. The team also announced today the signing of offensive lineman Jesse Gibbon to a new two-year contract extension.
0: It makes you feel a lot better, you know. I can go home, not have to worry about the free agency or anything like that, you know. Locked in and able to play for a team that wants me a lot. So, it feels good.
2: It's been about a month, uh, I guess a little bit over a
0: month. Tell me what your impression is of being here and how you fit in. Oh, it's, everyone is super welcoming. Uh, The team is, you know, the mentality doesn't change from the beginning, you know what I mean? It's trying to, like, we're trying to win, trying to make change, right? That's the big thing, so it's uh it's it's a great opportunity honestly is what it is given of course acquired in that
2: trade with the Hamilton Tiger-Cats for uh, that included David Beard uh Dave Campbell's coming up on the show uh, later on tonight but first let's hear some words from Dylan Mitchell uh he has blasted onto the scene with the Edmonton Elks what a start to his CFL season in 6 games as a receiver he has 548 yards in receiving and three touchdowns. He has done almost everything right. A 20-yard average per catch, and man, he loves the long ball. His longest reception is 77 yards. He has a reception of at least 44 yards in six straight games he has been a great story on the field and as he opened up today we found out he's a great story off the field as well Mitchell didn't play last year in fact he's been out of football for almost two full seasons and he said today he had to step back from
3: the game he loves to fight his drinking problem I was definitely an alcoholic, so I, I needed to take some time away from the, the game of football, and it definitely was much needed. And well, it was yeah, it was well needed. And just the journey since the two years, and giving the last year off, and realizing that that football was everything that I've ever always wanted to play as a professional. It definitely gave me the grind to come back and work even harder. I would say, coming especially after my time at Oregon, realizing that it was something I was doing unconsciously, not even realizing that. I was addicted to something and I think that once I got up to the Minnesota Vikings, I I pretty much knew I had a problem and it was just trying to kind of stop it. So throughout the next year after leaving and coming into the season uh, and it's probably the first time I said I I didn't work out. I didn't do any working out. I went to LA. I I lived in LA for the offseason. I didn't do any working out. I came back and I was still feeling the same way and things kind of, they turned for me at the time. I didn't want to really play football anymore and I got my wish. I got cut and that was a huge eye opener because I had just had my first son and it, it felt like such a big pressure. So I feel like once I got away and honestly, I did. We, we moved away and I got away from alcohol and realized how strong I was. It helped every other area of my life uh, and especially as a person, but especially as a man, me being um, feeling like I don't need to be uh, Dylan Mitchell under the influence of alcohol.
2: Yeah, he has been a great football player. and He's battling off the field as well. Mitchell continues to fight his demons and has advice for those who are
3: going through something similar. Tell somebody, and you don't have to think that you're alone, because a lot of a lot of us in the world have certain vices or things that you, it might we might go to. That might not always be alcohol, but I mean, I'm not always a, I'm not always available for whoever that person might be. But tell somebody who's around you and. It's not. It's not. it's nothing wrong with getting help. That was my biggest problem. Feeling like the help part was that I was the addict, and then owning up to it was the relief. Gave him. Gave me relief. So, just tell anybody, and you know, get get the help that you need. Have you
2: spoken openly about this before?
3: No, this is my first time. How does it feel? Uh, it feels great, honestly. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to for a while. I just never knew when the timing was going to come for me to. Um, be comfortable enough to say it but i feel like now me wanting to spread the word and me feeling like and honestly i think i i don't know if y'all caught the game last night with kansas city and the raiders but max crosby is a uh so he's been sober for two years so honestly it probably was like a kickstarter after seeing him be on espn and say and have his whole um story behind his alcohol problems and because uh, I know his wife or fiance was on there as well and I know she was crying and I know a lot of days my wife went through the same things that his wife went through dealing with me and drinking so I feel like um, it was it was a kickstarter probably saying Max Crosby talk about his and so he wanted me. Do you
1: remember the turning point exactly when you
3: said to yourself that I gotta get help and I'm gonna do it now? Uh, I think it was when so it was a, it was a I I went to work out with so I had three workouts actually in the NFL and I didn't do great at the, the Packers, uh, Atlanta and I think it was Dallas because I, I drunk the night before and it was it was awful but I think once I came back after the, because Atlanta was my last one once I realized that and I actually did alright, all I did alright just as far as because I'm talented enough to show that oh, I can play football but I wasn't in shape, that that was the point I realized that after getting back and on the flight and looking at my wife and my son in, in, in their face that it was something, it was time for a change, yeah.
2: Edmonton Elks receiver Dylan Mitchell, some powerful words from him right there. He's authoring, obviously, a good story on the field this year with the Elks and maybe a better one off the field in his personal life. Hey, coming up next, it's your friend and mine, Dave Campbell. The Elks this week rolls on here on 630 Chad.
0: Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks,
2: 630 Chad couple of games left for the Elks and then the season will wrap up. Uh, a week earlier than everyone else, the Elks have the bye week in the uh, final week of the regular season, week 18, so they'll play on the 21st against the BC Lions. That's their final game of the season, final home game of the year. They'll play also on Saturday of this weekend against the Toronto Argonauts. Now that's going to be a fun day at the ballpark, I'll tell you that. Commonwealth Stadium should be buzzing on that day. It's doubleheader day. Remember way back when uh, Victor Qui got the job, one of the first things he announced after he got the job i think it was just like a couple of weeks uh, on the job and he announced that there was going to be a double header with the golden bears playing before uh the uh the elks did and that day has come it is on saturday the golden bears will play against the university of calgary dinosaurs that game will go at 12 noon on saturday five o'clock will be the time for the elks and the argos your elks ticket gets you into both games so uh dress warm and uh, pr- get ready to spend some time at the ballpark uh, this Saturday as you have uh, two games for the price of one. And if you haven't seen a Golden Bear game for a while, maybe this is the time you need to check them out. Bears are 2-3 uh, and three fighting for a playoff spot. Calgary, a dismal 0-5 to start the year. The Usually the uh, perennial powerhouse in Canada West. They have definitely been struggling this year looking for their first win of the year. The game on Saturday, by the way, will be heard on Kissing Country, 103.95 o'clock is kickoff 3:30 for the countdown to kickoff show with everybody who's involved in our broadcast brendan Escott, blake durbot myself and this young man dave campbell who joins us now hey dave how you doing
0: hey marley doing good how are you
2: I'm uh, good. Thank you. Uh, my biggest takeaway from uh, practice today and listening to people talk was uh, the attitude everybody has still, um, which I guess is once the pressure's off and you know you're not going to make the playoffs, it's pretty easy to to have that positive attitude. They have to carry it over onto the field, obviously. But what struck me most is uh, the head coach and general manager, Chris Jones, he's turned the page already. Uh, 2022's over for him. Uh, he's got a mini season of two games coming up, and then he's preparing for 2023.
0: Yeah, you no, no question. Well? What's that?
2: Did you get oh, that impression? The impression? As
0: well? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that there are some challenges that the the coaching staff, led by Coach Jones, is trying to lay out there for for the football team. First, the the home losing streak. You know, that's something to play for. Get rid of that thing because it's been it's been awful. It's been awful. You don't want to go two full seasons without winning at home. So that's a that's a carrot. And you know what? This might sound silly, but in the process of learning how to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Calgary Stampeders and 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 the BC Lions this year, and you know a playoff team, period. Who wants to go to the Grey Cup? You have to win two games anyway. You know, if uh, if you if you finish at home, finish uh, in first place, especially you got to win that game. You got to win the Grey Cup game. So there you go. You can simulate those type of things in an actual game situation. Third, I think it helps that they're playing two teams that are likely going to be playing. Well, we know the Argos are playing for something on Saturday. They're in a battle with the Alouettes for first in the in the East. And the Lions are probably going to have to play, uh, you know, play that game uh, for something uh, for second in the West as they're battling with the with the Calgary Stampede. So, um, you know, I, I do think that that coach Jones sees the opportunity to see who wants to really be here and compete and who doesn't. And I think those players who don't want to compete are going to be exposed rather easily.
2: Yeah, and, and Chris Jones told us that on the post-game show, and he, he talked about it again today, and I think there will, will definitely be some some report cards that will be very carefully watched over the last couple of games because it's, it's pretty easy to fold your tent in the situation the Elks are in, and I think they'll look for and, and try and find those players that don't do that, and those are the players that you probably want to build around and make sure they get bigger roles or more important roles next year
0: this is a character test for sure and and i think i think overall Morley, if i can say one thing about this team their character is of high quality where i look at last year's group would i feel the same way about that group some i would overall no i wouldn't have felt that way and that's why going forward i feel in 2023 that this team could take a step. Now they got a lot of work to do. They have a lot of good individual performances out of people. Kevin Brown and Dylan Mitchell, and at times Taylor Cornelius. And on defense, you know, when Niles Morgan played, he was good. Um, you know, we've seen good stuff out of uh, Jake Sorensen and 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 some others as well. You know, Christian Salisbury lately. But what we haven't seen is good team complementary football for most of the seasons. They've been close in games. They've won four of them, and they've been blasted in five and they've had seven where they had a chance to win but that's where the the issue is is finding a way to win those games morally if they win let's just say three out of those seven which is sub 500 Mm -hmm. but three wins gets you seven wins and you're probably in the playoffs
2: yeah and they were. Really, they were pretty close in a lot of those games. But it's that one quarter. We talked about it all season long, right? They can't play 60 minutes. They they have that one quarter where they make mistakes, uh, blatant mistakes, bad mistakes that cost them points and cost them games. Uh, taking points off the board, putting, you know, keeping the offense on the field with penalties. Uh, I, I know you and I both uh, really appreciated what Ante Milanovic-Litre said on the post-game show, talking about that and saying, you know, uh, the really good teams, the teams that strive for excellence, are are the ones that don't let the details slip through the cracks, and they're the ones that don't take those penalties, those needless penalties on special teams, and they don't take those extra holding calls. And, and he said everybody's done it this year, and that's been, that's been the biggest issue, and, and Chris Jones alludes to it a lot. It's about, it's about the finish, learning how to win, which, uh, as we're finding out, is not an easy thing to figure out. No.
0: No, and you got to think about the games that they won, right? There's only th- one of those four where they took the game over – and won it handily and that was in ottawa but you remember Morley; they were down by 10 in the first half right mm-hmm. <laughs> so they found a way all season to get behind and chase games and chase teams so hard to do in in any league and in this league you know when you're playing you're very familiar with every team it's 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 even harder so uh, that's the thing that they have to stop doing is they have to play more consistent. We're still looking for the full four quarter effort. We haven't seen it yet. I don't know if we're going to see it till the, you know, at all this season, but you know, it, it's, it's one phase that seems to, you know, they go through that crazy funk whether it's offense or defense uh, special teams might be one of their better phases right now, which is crazy to say, but it's, it's kind of nice to say that they actually, I think have a return game. Um, but it's, it, we've, we've seen when this team can play complementary football uh, it's good, but the problem is we don't see it enough. We, we just see disjointed play for most of the season. So, um, you know, and then you play a game like on Saturday when you're have a chance to better your playoff positioning and you're playing, the two-time Great Cup champion, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and it was pretty evident to me, Morley. I mean, the Bombers here heard the chatter, and, oh, this is a trap game, and, oh, they're not that good, and, oh, here's Calgary, and, oh, maybe BC could beat them too, and, oh, they're, they're not going to win this year. And they just used the Elks as the prime example. If we're just going to beat this team up, pillar to post, and we're going to just send a message uh, to the rest of the league. I I felt early in that game, Morley, when when they pushed, the Elks, it kind of got to them a little bit, and they they kind of, they kind of, you know, step back a little bit, and they could never recover.
2: It won't help them in the playoff race, but I think winning in these last two games is very important for the psyche of this team moving into the offseason and to start to prepare for next year. That being said, it's also important to see some people play in certain situations. Uh, what's your crystal ball say, Dave? Uh, how much? playing time are some players going to see that maybe we're not expecting to see uh that wouldn't be seeing play time under under normal conditions how much will chris jones tinker do you think
0: you know i'm not sure you know maybe in the final game he tinkers more than he will in this game um based off of practice today i didn't see much you know when we looked at the quarterback position i i don't see a lot of trey ford in the with the first team offense i don't think he had any rep with with the first team offense so i got a feeling that taylor cornelius is going to start and i imagine he's going to start both games but i would like to see trey ford at some point um but it's just are we going to see him or are we going to you know wait to this to the to the last game to to see we're probably going to see more uh a little more uh uh, you know, youth there, uh, there's a newcomer, a newcomer that's going to likely play. I can't find this it. terrible. Uh, 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 um I know he has a first name. I can't <laughs> find it. Um, but, you know, so likely you're going to see a new defensive back and, you know, you got some uh, injuries on the D line. Um, and I think this this just affords the situation for try and work some new people in, and we're probably going to see someone like a, a Manny Arsenal play on Saturday. So, uh, I think you might see some different combinations and maybe some players. Even if it's a vet, it does he start at middle linebacker, for example? I know they they elevated a, uh, uh, to see him a little bit more. This is a regular season game, not a preseason game, and they can only dress forty-five. But I think there's. You know, all right, maybe Dave, Dave
2: you're, you're cutting out on us. We can't hear you very of, good. So, of of uh, a player that we don't. And, and the music's playing, so that means you have to go anyway. And by the way, Donovan Olumba, uh, her, his mom's not mad at you. She just uh, is disappointed, that's all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dave, thanks very much. That's Dave Campbell. Uh, thanks to Kellan Kennedy, our studio producer uh, tonight. Uh, don't forget, uh, the game on Saturday will be on Kissing Country 103.9. The Elks and the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, your ticket to that game also gets you in to the Golden Bay. and the Calgary Dinosaurs, who will play at noon. Elks and Argos will go at 5 o'clock. The Countdown to Kickoff show will go at 3.30. More this week on uh, 6.30, Chad, as we continue to to get you set and see what the Elks are going to do in their final two games of the 2022 season. Uh, My name is uh, Morley Scott. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. I'll see you tomorrow morning on 6.30, Chad Mornings.